Welcome to the latest episode of Schneps Connects. Uh, we continue to venture out around New York City's five boroughs, and today we're landing back in Brooklyn. Uh, one of the most uh, critical issues besides our healthcare is really the economy coming out of the pandemic. And I'm thrilled to have with us Randy Piers, who's the president and CEO of the Brooklyn Chamber of Commerce. He brings decades of experience uh, with the workforce and economic development and really an expertise in growing nonprofit organizations that serve the business community. Randy holds a bachelor's degree from Brooklyn College and an MPA from NYU's Wagner School of Public Service. Randy was born, raised, and spent most of his professional career in Brooklyn, having lived in five different neighborhoods in the borough. For over 100 years, the Brooklyn Chamber of Commerce has developed and nurtured an active civic spirit and sought to safeguard and improve living conditions and social welfare for local businesses and residents. The organization has a vibrant history that encapsulates the diverse, innovative, and ever-evolving Brooklyn business community. So Randy, it's great to have you here. Thanks for your time. Well, thank you for having me. It's really a pleasure to be on the show, Josh. Appreciate it. So you didn't necessarily come in at the easiest time <laughs> for your role. Um, you know, you had a running start because of obviously your history and knowledge of the borough and the business community. But why don't you just give a little background on yourself and, and really, you know, the mission of the chamber? Yeah, I came back and actually it was like a homecoming, but September of 2019, just a few months before the pandemic. But, uh, you know, my whole entire career and my whole life, quite frankly, is, has been wrapped up here in this amazing borough, Brooklyn. I spent quite a bit of time in uh, workforce development. I worked for Canva in central Brooklyn doing workforce development programs. I ran uh, one of uh, the city's largest disconnected youth job training organizations, Opportunities uh, for a Better Tomorrow, out in Sunset Park and Bushwick for a number of years. I was community board chair for Community Board 7 in Brooklyn, which is Sunset Park and, and Windsor Terrace. I uh, love that community. But economic development and chamber world is really you know, where my passion is. I worked for the Brooklyn Chamber from 2001 to 2006, quite came in right after 9-11, so to work with Ken Adams, who was president back then. So you know, maybe this is the, the pattern with me. I I, uh, I came back to Brooklyn because I was in Pennsylvania for two and a half years, uh, but I came back in 2019 to lead our chamber here uh, just in time for the pandemic and, and quite a ride it's been uh, for sure so far. So, you know, you certainly have your finger on the pulse of the business community and, and the overall environment in Brooklyn. Talk about the last year and a half. You guys have been pretty proactive in, in offering support and assistance, but what would you say, talk through just, you know, what's going on in the business community? There was no playbook for this, uh, Josh. I mean, we, we were, this was an unprecedented crisis. I mean, every crisis is, is in some ways unique, but this one truly, uh, I think, takes the cake in a lot of ways. But, uh, you know, when we shut down the economy uh, back in March uh, of 2020, you know, we didn't know how long it was going to last. We didn't know what the lasting impact was going to be, how deep it was going to be. You know, we, in some ways, we were kind of uh, just acting on instinct. And what we did know was that the small businesses were going to be hit the hardest. Uh, the ones, especially the ones that weren't essential businesses and couldn't stay open. We knew the restaurants and hospitality sector was going to get hit hard. Um, so these were the things that we tried to, to kind of um, communicate out to policymakers and others, just what that impact was, was going to be and how it evolved. I mean, quite frankly, uh, you know, in the beginning, uh, like I said, nobody knew what was happening. We thought it was going to last a short period of time and we we're going to get back to business. As it kind of dragged on, we realized that we had to start documenting the story. We did a lot of survey work. Uh, we also ramped up our community development financial institution. People don't realize this. We're one of the only chambers that has a companion organization that's a CDFI 
and we could actually do small business lending. Uh, we never really had much capital until the pandemic, and, and we used that time in the beginning to raise capital uh, for what we knew was going to be uh, support, uh, financial support that was going to be needed on the ground. So the Bring Back Brooklyn Fund, we launched that in April of last year. We raised $750,000 just wow. for, for that particular fund. Uh, no interest loans and grants for small businesses. This was before all of the federal money came on the scene. Uh, and, um, and that was one good thing that, uh, that we sort of uh, put our efforts to. The second thing was that we knew when we reopened the economy, uh, there was gonna need support. Small business are gonna need support on the ground. You know, it's one thing to sort of navigate through Zoom or you know, through a website, but if you don't have that sort of personal touch and you don't have someone helping you to navigate through all the different programs, uh, that were coming on the scene to really support small businesses uh, as you're trying to just roll up the gate and, and kind of make a living. Uh, we knew the small businesses weren't gonna, gonna survive. So, so we, we were proactive, as you said, we developed a model called the Small Business Rapid Recovery Initiative, which ultimately got picked up by my good friend, Kathy Wild in the partnership for New York City. Right. She found us a citywide funder in the Peterson Foundation. And in October of last year, we launched the Small Business Resource Network. Uh, basically, we have business recovery specialists that fan out across all of the boroughs. They're managed by the chambers of commerce, all five chambers, my partner chambers. Uh, and we provide that one-on-one -on -one technical support, connecting small businesses to third-party pro bono resources that they may need to get back on their feet. So it could be, it could be financing, it could be marketing support in e-commerce. You know, a lot of our small businesses didn't have websites, they didn't have e-commerce capacity. It could be legal assistance. We had a lot of small businesses that needed to renegotiate leases and they just didn't know kind of how to approach it. Uh, it could be just general business coaching. It could be uh, assistance with uh, filling out the applications for the federal assistance. All of that needed to be done where the businesses were at, so in the communities. I personally led 39 commercial corridor tours throughout the pandemic. We put on our masks. We went out there and we pounded the pavement. We walked and we talked to businesses. We did that in partnership with the business improvement districts and the merchant associations. One thing we learned, Josh, is that there's a lot of commercial corridors that don't have a bid or a merchant association, and they were at a disadvantage through this pandemic. They just didn't have the information. They didn't have the on-the-ground support. So we tried to fill that void a little bit uh, and fan out to those communities as well. Uh, I'm really proud of those 39 tours we've done. Uh, but every day my team goes out there and works with businesses uh, on the ground. And then, you know, fast forward to a couple of months ago and who would have thought we could open this rapidly. Uh, and I, quite frankly, I'm just amazed at the resilience, particularly here in, in Brooklyn and the Brooklyn business community that we've seen. And uh, we've seen a lot of new business startups. We've seen businesses that have re-engineered themselves. Yeah. Uh, they've diversified their product mix. They've added e-commerce capacity. You know, I mean, this is just the, the beauty of Brooklyn. It's ingenuity, it's entrepreneurial spirit and kind of how it kind of overcomes adversity. And we've seen it all firsthand. Was there any business that really stuck out at you, you know, just uh, through a pivot or a success story when you went around and visited those different businesses or any of the other businesses that you work with that maybe you could share? Yes, yeah, some of the general, well, I'll, I'll, let, me, let me start with, a reminder that this was a pandemic and it had a personal tragedy. We were out in North Flatbush with the North Flatbush bid and uh, one of their board members, um, she's a restaurateur, uh, she owns a Haitian restaurant and I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the name right now, but 
Uh, she was on the tour with us. And I remember when we got to her restaurant, it was still closed. So this was, I think, around August when she could have been open for outdoor dining. She could have been open for delivery and takeout. And when I turned to her, and I, I get a little choked up when I tell this story, but when I turned to her and I said, well, what happened to your restaurant? She's like, you know, Randy, I, I just can't. I lost three family members to COVID. Hmm. And like, I just can't psychologically open, right? So, you know, that, that, was, a, that was one that, that kind of hit it, hit it my heart um, when I was out there. Uh, but that being said, we've, we've had the toy store slash bar- barbershop or Lulu's in Park Slope that did an overnight uh, in-person delivery system. Uh, basically, she would deliver toys and puzzles and games in the morning before she opened up the shop and she would open up the shop and, uh, and do everything else that she needed to do. We saw a lot of businesses just diversify their product mix so that they could stay open as an essential business, right? So uh, restaurants that uh, became grocery stores, Port Defiance and Red Hook, for example, and started offering uh, you know, on-the-shelf products so that they could stay open and get all the commerce going. Uh, and we definitely saw businesses that pivoted and just started to really sell online. So Green Grape, uh, for example, out in Port Green, actually, they took on this wonderful role of aggregating all these other Brooklyn products, Brooklyn-made products, and kind of selling them on an e-platform and to help out their fellow businesses uh, in the community. So, you know, it was it was just extraordinary to see. And, and you know, unfortunately, we saw other businesses close their gates and close, shut their doors and, and, yeah. and we saw the vacancies rise. And, and, and this, this has been, you know, a challenge and it's not, it's not, we're not done with it. I mean, people, we reopened and, and we certainly reopened, you know, pretty rapidly, but, you know, I would, in, in certain communities, in certain corridors, we've lost between 25 and 33% of businesses that were there before the pandemic. Uh, it's hard number to pin down because in some cases they don't declare that they're closing. And the moratorium on evictions has also kind of muddied uh, the picture a bit because there are businesses that owe back rent. In fact, 33% of our businesses indicated they owe back rent, uh, but they can't be evicted, right? So they're, they're, how we transition out of this eviction moratorium is going to determine the fate, quite frankly, of some of these other small businesses that have just been hanging on by a thread. So, you know, there's a lot of still complex issues out there that we're going to have to have to work through. So the latest big news we were talking a little bit about, and I know Brooklyn Paper just did a story, is that you're moving the headquarters of the Brooklyn Chamber. So share a little bit about that. Yeah, so 103 years, we've got an amazing history here in downtown Brooklyn. Downtown Brooklyn is an extraordinary community, and, and look how far downtown Brooklyn has come uh, in terms of just fueling the transformation of the borough. But, you know, we're 27 floors up in, a, in an office building. And while I've got amazing views of both the bridges, Brooklyn and Manhattan Bridge and Dumbo, uh, sort of looking north, uh, we're, we're disconnected. And, and you know, part of what we want to do is, is be closer to the businesses that we serve. One of the things that the pandemic forced the chamber to do is really to become truly a borough-wide organization. From Avenue L and Canarsie, you know, Manhattan, up to Manhattan Avenue and Greenpoint, down to the Coney Island Boardwalk and everything in between, right? So, you know, this is, this is us ensuring that we're becoming uh, borough-wide and serving the entire business community. We want it to be closer to where our constituency is. We want it to be closer to where the small businesses were. Um, and quite frankly, Industry City represents the creative economy, uh, the heart of the creative economy here in Brooklyn. So it's really fertile ground for us to build new partnerships and relationships uh, and kind of take uh, the business support work that we do to, to a new level. 
Uh, you know, I, I know Andrew Kimball for many, many years. We worked together when he was at the Brooklyn Navy Yard. Uh, he's an extraordinary visionary. Uh, I know that community well, uh, having served as community board chair when Jamestown and company came in. And what they've done with that campus is extraordinary. And, and for us, you know, it's, a, it's more space. So we're gonna be able to just accommodate our growth. Uh, that's, the, that's important. Um, the other thing, the amenities that are there on the campus are going to be really, really helpful in terms of talent attraction and talent retention. You know, our, our demographic is, change, is, is changing here. We're trending a lot younger in terms of, of our staff. They wanna be in a vibrant uh, sort of energetic uh, community uh, of creative thinkers. And, and that's what Industry City uh, offers for us. You know, I have this, this saying that I put out there when I first came back, I said, you know, we have to transform our chamber because chambers are old school models of business associations. So every chamber faces this challenge of, you know, what's the value proposition for, for, 20, for 2020? And I like to say, we're not your grandfather's chamber of commerce. Well, this is, this is what that means. This is the physical manifestation, manifestation of, of that statement. We're not your grandfather's chamber of commerce. And we're looking to do new programming out there uh, develop new partnerships and just be closer to the action. That's terrific. I mean, they've done a phenomenal job with Industry City. When you think about what it was before, no employment in the area, really storage facilities, and and turned it into a thriving area. Besides the fact that it has really cool floor plans for office space. Right. Exactly. So as we're talking, the primary New York City primaries passed. You know, we're on to the general election. Being such a democratic city, a lot of it, a lot of the the future is pretty much. Uh, not 100%, but pretty much in place. What do you see as the next administration from the mayor down through the city council? What, what, do you, what would you say to all of them in terms of what this, the borough needs for economic development and, and how they could be helpful? Well, like, like I said before, we're not out of the woods in terms of the after effects of this pandemic and, and small businesses still need help and support, right? So the first thing I would say from a policy perspective is we need to really be thoughtful about how we transition out of the evictions moratorium uh, for commercial tenants. And, and you know, what, what is that? I mean, rent relief is, is kind of one approach, uh, but there's gotta be some sort of arbitration as we come out of this, or else you're gonna see this rash of, of evictions uh, that are gonna leave some gaping holes in some of our commercial quarters. Um, so that's, that's just from a base level uh, a policy perspective. You know, in, in a more sort of um, common sort of, concern that I think was articulated through the, through the campaign, a mayoral campaign, you know, businesses are concerned about quality of life and crime. And, you know, let's face it, one thing that could derail uh, quickly any economic recovery uh, is uh, a spike in, in violent crime and quality of life issues, right? I mean, we still have to get tourists to come back to New York City. Um, you know, we still have office workers that are, that are not back in Manhattan. Uh, but quite honestly, um, you know, quality of life and crime is a big concern. And, and it's economics 101, right? I mean, you need safe commercial corridors and safe communities if you expect people to invest in those communities, uh, including businesses. So I think, um, I think it, was, it was clear in the mayoral uh, campaign that this was a, an important issue. I think Eric Adams got it. Uh, he got it from, you know, walking the beat as a cop and walking the streets of Brooklyn as borough president and seeing it firsthand. Uh, and, I'm, I, you know, from our perspective, the business community's perspective, and I think I'm pretty universal in saying this, uh, I think we're pretty pleased at the outcome uh, of the mayoral election. 
you know, the more progressive elements, which have done a phenomenal job, by the way, of just sort of organizing uh, in electoral politics, right? I mean, let's, let's give credit where credit is due. I mean, the progressive left uh, has really organized and mobilized in a, in a very unique way. And they've brought a new dialogue to the political discourse. Um, you know, they've, they scored a lot of victories on the city council level and on the ground. And, and you know, in, in Brad Lander getting elected as controller and here in Brooklyn, Antonio Reynoso getting elected as for president, right? Um, from my perspective, and this is just me talking, like it doesn't have to be adversarial, right? We could, we could agree that we have different approaches and perspectives to some of the issues. But for the most part, I think everybody cares about small businesses. Everyone cares about jobs. Everyone cares about the economy. And, and if, we can, if we can just kind of get past some of the, the rhetoric that comes up in any campaign and get back to like, hey, look, we got, we got our neighbors and our communities to take care of now. How can we come together and do it? I think the business community, the progressive left, uh, Mayor Adams, I mean, all of this can come together and we can do some amazing things. But like I said, the evictions moratorium is a concern, obviously crime and quality of life. And the third issue I'll throw in there is just access to financing and restart capital, particularly for businesses of color, right? Mm -hmm. They're the ones that uh, have not been able to access in many cases, some of the federal resources and other resources. So the chamber's actually working really, really hard uh, in order to ensure that those businesses are getting uh, flexible capital to restart, reopen, uh, and to quite frankly grow. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we announced this amazing partnership uh, with uh, the Social Justice Fund, which is funded by the Joe and Clara Sai Foundation, uh, the owners of the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and it's an amazing commitment. They made a commitment of $50 million to address social justice issues. They made a commitment to invest in BIPOC-owned businesses through this Restart Capital Program uh, in order to get no-interest loans or low-interest capital uh, that doesn't require credit scores, uh, additional guarantors, or collateral, right? So this is about as flexible as it can get. Uh, the Brooklyn Chamber and True Fund, we're the ones on the ground that are uh, working with the businesses to access the capital. Uh, and, it's, and it's an example of that creativity and ingenuity. So kudos to Joe and Clara Sai and to the Social Justice Fund and Greg Bishop, who was tapped to lead it. Greg Bishop, former commissioner of the Department of Small Business Services, is a small business leader and champion uh, and superstar, quite frankly. So it's, it's, it, there's good alignment there. So access to capital, uh, evictions moratorium, and crime and quality of life. These are the things that, that, uh, that we're addressing that we need to address from a small business perspective. I love to hear that because sometimes a little bit of money can make all the difference in a world to a small business surviving. Correct. Good question. What do you see as the future of Brooklyn? Well, you know, obviously it's a big open question for you, but you know, what excites you that, that you see for the future of Brooklyn? You know, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn, uh, 50, uh, 50, 70s, 80s, and 90s. And, uh, you know, it was a very different Brooklyn uh, that we grew up in, John, right? And, and, you know, people don't realize it, and especially, you know, folks that may be newer to the borough uh, and much younger. Uh, this was a very different place. And, you know, and it quite Quite honestly, you know, we were a manufacturing center. People, we, our, our economy actually followed a very typical post-industrial uh, sort of story about manufacturing decline. We were the fourth largest manufacturing center in the country when we were building battleships at the Navy Yard. People don't realize this. Uh, and we lost a lot of that manufacturing. Our economy had to go through this multi-decade sort of transformation. But the one beautiful thing about Brooklyn 
is it had a branded identity, right? So when we were growing up, the identity was not so good. It was seen for crime, it was seen for poverty, it was seen for urban decay, but you didn't have to point it out on a map. People knew where Brooklyn was. They knew New York City and they knew Brooklyn. They didn't really know Queens. Maybe they knew the Bronx vaguely because of the Yankees. They didn't know Staten Island, but they knew Brooklyn. So you started off with um, an advantage, the advantage of how do we now just change this perception of you know, what Brooklyn is and what Brooklyn can be. And that was my work almost 20 years ago when we did it, did it at the chamber with Ken Adams, right? Like how do we just kind of rebrand and then market a different story? Uh, and then arguably we did it so well that Brooklyn is still the, the kind of center uh, of the universe where every millennial wants to do a tour of duty here, right? So I got a lot of my, my former friends in Pennsylvania telling me that, oh, my son or daughter is moving to Brooklyn. Can you, you know, help them find a job or can you help them do some of these things, right? So, so we're still attracting uh, people. We're still attracting talent. We're still attracting young folks. Uh, this is a good, very positive sign. We're still building. Uh, you know, there's this, once again, this dialogue, it's, it should never be an all or nothing. Should we build or should we not build? I mean, the reality is we need to build. We need to build to accommodate growth. We need to build in order to improve our infrastructure. Um, and we need to build in order to look to the future uh, and ensure uh, that we'll have a vibrant economy, right? But, but I think thoughtful development is what it's about. And I think, and I think we can have these discussions and we can, we can um, come to some sort of compromise when it comes to new development. But the good news is Brooklyn's still building. Uh, Regina Meyer, the Downtown Brooklyn Partnership. I mean, look at downtown Brooklyn. It is, it is I mean, I look out the, the window here and, and the cranes are still up and the buildings are still going up. Um, One Willoughby Square, for example, a big commercial building downtown uh, coming online. Um, so so I'm, I'm very optimistic, very bullish, obviously, as you can imagine, as Chamber of Commerce president on Brooklyn, but I think the data shows it. Even during the pandemic, 2020, uh, we had record-breaking home sales in Brooklyn, right? That should tell you something. Now, the commercial real estate side, it's, it's a different story. It's been slower. We've got challenges. But on the, on the residential side, uh, we're still record-breaking home sales. So people still want to be here. That bodes well for neighborhood retail. That bodes well for long-term, the creative economy in Brooklyn. And that just bodes well overall uh, for, for Brooklyn uh, and its future. You, know, you talked a lot about a tremendous number of initiatives that you put in place during a very difficult time for small business. Coming out of the pandemic and, and God willing, we'll all be able to get together and come back to your chamber events. What, 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 what can people expect or what do you really you know, want to do when it's time to really get out of and, and through the pandemic? So, uh, and by the way, we are... Uh, we had our first in-person event, um, networking event, uh, two weeks ago in Red Hook uh, at the at the Brooklyn Waterfront Artist Coalition, and then Kagan Lantern right around the corner. Uh, it was great. We uh, we had about seventy folks come out. We you know we capped it, uh, but it was just wonderful to see people again. So we're opening up as a chamber. Uh, we'll be at the Brooklyn Cyclones on the twenty-first for our next networking event. We've got the not-for-profit summit in uh, in September or October, the uh, annual meeting. Uh, so, so things we're, we're transitioning, trying to get back to normal. You know, one of the things though, I see uh, strategically for the chamber, like our seat, the growth of our CBFI, the Brooklyn Alliance Capital uh, is really going to be an, an important component of the work that we do. Uh, you know, we didn't, up, we, we launched it in 2017, but we never had any lending capital. We did this crowdfunding campaign, which was very successful. 
But this year we were eligible to, to get federal support from the, from the US Treasury and we sec secured some additional funding. We got the social justice, uh, social justice fund investment from Joe and Clara Sai, another $800,000. So I see part of the chamber's growth connected to our CDFI and our, abil our ability to really fill a void uh, in the lending space uh, for, for smaller businesses, particularly businesses of color uh, that can't access traditional capital. So I, th I think that's gonna be something that we're definitely going to ramp up uh, and expand. The other thing, uh, and it addresses one of the concerns that, that we, we, un we uncovered during the, the pandemic, we wanna do more neighborhood commercial uh, uh, revitalization and organizing, right? So merchant organizing. Um, businesses that have the merchant associations and bids were in a better position to survive. Their businesses were in a better position to survive. So we want to do more organizing efforts uh, in communities that don't have bids and merchant associations. And I get it. Not every commercial corridor could, could be a bid or should be a bid. But a merchant association, and we've got some really great examples in Brooklyn, Tompkins Avenue in Bed-Stuy, Tama, Tompkins Avenue Merchants Association. Um, you also have Cortelli Road, Corma. Uh, which, uh, which has got another thriving merchant association. Right? These are driven by the businesses themselves, not the landlords. So they have a vested interest in organizing. And the chamber can play a strategic role in helping these corridors to come online and, and get organized and, and, and become merchant associations so that God forbid we ever have another crisis like this, these corridors are in a bet and businesses in these corridors are in a better position uh, to survive. So I think that's another strategic priority uh, for the chamber as we look ahead uh, to coming out of this pandemic. Well, Randy, thank you so much for sharing your story and the story of the chamber. You guys are doing phenomenal work and, and thank you for everything that you do. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. I really do. And, and all that you're doing in the borough, the publications, the Schneps publications, you guys are extraordinary. You, you truly are telling the story uh, of the small businesses and the little guy here. So I appreciate that. Well, likewise. And I look forward to your next networking event where I can come out and actually see other people. <laughs> Brooklyn Cyclones on the 21st, if you're free, come on out. Make sure to subscribe to Schneps Connects wherever you get your podcasts or stream us online at podcast.schnepsmedia.com. <laughs>